This is the weekly sermon from Church of the Holy Trinity, a Reformed Episcopal parish of the Anglican Church in North America in Houston, Texas. Please join us on Sundays at 8.15 and 10.30 a.m. for Holy Communion and visit us on the web at holytrinityrec.org. Please enjoy the sermon. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be always acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. You may be seated. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. This comes to us this evening from the 51st Psalm, verse 17, and it speaks of where we start with God and the road he leads us upon through our entire lives in him of sanctification. The 51st Psalm, a psalm we say together every Ash Wednesday in what we call the penitential office from the prayer book is a psalm of repentance. It's a psalm of forgiveness, absolution, and it is a psalm of sanctification. It is all about God's work within us to help us with his grace, by his grace, to go forth to love him and to, uh, and to love others instead of the ways of this world that calls us to hate him and to hate others. The sign of iniquity is hate through the pursuit of pleasing self. Sure, the world around us tries to sell us the lie that love of self is the most important thing in this universe. The problem, though, with the love of self is that it leads directly towards hatred of others through our words and through our actions. The breaking, if you think about it, of any of the Ten Commandments dealing with our fellow human beings are acts of hatred. The breaking of each one can easily be justified through the sinful flesh as an act of loving self, of putting self first. Whether it is honoring our parents' faithfulness to our spouse or other people's property, actions against such are hateful, are sinful. When love becomes placing my needs above the needs of others, it becomes sin. Tonight, with the beginning of our Lenten season for this year, let us focus upon how Psalm 51 marks us a trail, if you will, a marking of sanctification, Jesus Christ alone, through his cleansing, through his work of renewal, a creation within us, and through praise and teaching. First, we need to define sanctification. In the New Testament, in terms of the work of God through Jesus Christ to save us from our sins, salvation is spoken of in three parts. Jesus Christ first justified us from the guilt of our sin against God, paying for the penalty of our sins upon the cross. He has justified us. Jesus Christ then, through the Holy Spirit and the rest of the life of the believers, spends that lifetime in sanctifying or purifying his people. It is a daily walk. And lastly, the second coming and the resurrection of the body into glorified bodies. We are glorified in Jesus Christ at his return in a status of no sin. We no longer have sin. So justification, sanctification, glorification. Often, though, we as fallen yet redeemed do not want to deal with the ongoing daily grind that encompasses purification or sanctification. 
We just want to hear about justification or glorification, not wanting to deal with the gritty element of sanctification. We do not like it because it forces us to examine ourselves throughout life for parts of our lives that need the work of God, the grace of God, for us to surrender to him, to ask his help, to purify, so that we may turn that part of our lives to his service. If we develop a theology that skips the middle, if you will, that skips the everyday of sanctification, we have developed a deficient and dangerous theology. Part of the Christian life, the need of the church calendar, in my opinion, are the reminders for the need of sanctification. Lent is part of the church is the part of the church year where we are brought face to face with the reality of this need, with the essential of growing in Jesus Christ and sanctification. Lent is a 40-day time frame every year where this pesky element or this pesky element that we think is pesky of salvation is brought to the forefront. We cannot avoid it in the season of Lent. It is to teach us that serving Jesus and one another is indeed something that is not easy. Sanctification is awful, often painful just as it is painful to deal with our sins through repentance when we've hurt others or to forgive someone that has hurt us when they repent. It is painful to be pruned of the sins of the flesh, to be purified. It is painful to be herded back into the fold when we have run away. Yet the pain is not meant to destroy, but to excise elements of sin to build us into servants of Christ, more submissive and more reliant upon his grace than we were before that pruning. After coming back to God through repentance, an important area of sanctification that's found in this psalm is the idea of cleansing. Cleansing begins with the pardon that only God gives through Jesus Christ. Our psalm opens with this plea, a plea for forgiveness. Have mercy on me, O God. God washes us when we confess our sin, when we declare that we need him. The act of contrition is an act of submission to God, of his work of forgiveness, and the subsequent washing that occurs throughout this life of faith. It is what we see in the sacrament of holy baptism. We live our baptisms every day, if you will, knowing we're forgiven, knowing that he constantly cleans us and purifies us through his Holy Spirit. Verses 2 and 7 of the psalm tonight speak of this most important part of sanctification. Verse 2 states, Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin." In declaring us saved through justification, washing and sanctification speak of applying and remembering the Lord's work upon ourselves all our days. As Psalm 51 is a psalm of confession from King David for his sins of adultery and murder. We see these words of asking for washing and cleansing as something that's necessary. Since we still deal with the presence of sin in our lives, we still have to deal with the cleansing that God works through the Holy Spirit. Often, if you think about it, just as toddlers not wanting to be pulled from the muddy playgrounds to the bathtub, we as fallen yet redeemed sinners often go kicking and screaming to the next cleansing. 
Yet such is needed to remember what Jesus accomplished and that he, we are clothed in his righteousness, that he cleanses us. This process of sanctification is lifelong, confessing, receiving absolution, cleansed often painfully like cleaning wounds and scabs that have been caused by our sin. Lent is one such time where we are confronted with the necessity of submitting to God, washing us anew. After repentance, forgiveness, and this cleansing anew we submit to, we understand that pardon begets renewal. This renewal of our lives, of our spark, if you will, in Jesus Christ is described in verse 10 of our psalm. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. All of humanity is born with this need for God's grace. As Psalm 51 verse 5 teaches us. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. No one is innocent. We need the help of God. As verse 6 conveys, God works within the hearts of humanity. We do not attract him. And you teach me wisdom in the secret heart. This work of sanctification creates within us a heart that has been changed, a heart that has been softened to hear his word. It is a slow work throughout our lives to steer us from the depths of destruction to the depths of his love. This creation within us leads us to verse 12. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. Often when we go astray, our joy indeed goes missing. God restores this when we submit again to repent and to his pardon. It is sort of what happens when someone goes through times of just going through the motions of something in life to suddenly have that thing taken away for a period of time. When the activity is restored after a long absence, we often again approach it with newness, freshness, and joy. The work of cleansing is hard. The result of his creation of a new heart, though, is worthwhile. Creating us in us a new heart teaches us that he raises us up from the deadness of our sins throughout this life. The action of God forgiving requires resurrection for it to be eternal in scope. This is the work of Christ at his cross. This is the work of resurrection and daily work in our sanctification, through our renewal, through covenant renewal. The sanctification and picture of creating us in us new hearts and renewal of a right spirit within us is brought to the forefront every time we come to the Lord's table to partake of his supper, as we will in a few moments. We feed on Christ in our hearts, as we say, by faith. Hearts that have been made clean, spirits renewed aright. The last area of sanctification is where the work of God to cleanse us and create a new spirit to write leads us to the action of praising him, to the action of teaching others about him. In order to worship, in order to teach, we must first be open to this word as we saw with softening, renewing our hearts. As verse 8 conveys, let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones that you have broken rejoice. Often in the works of the flesh, in our sin, we are broken to the point that all that is left is to be raised up. 
through forgiveness, to be created anew, healed, restored to live in Jesus Christ. We cannot fix ourselves. We cannot fix our brokenness. Jesus Christ alone does this. In this healing, we find that God's work of purification is not about me. His work of sanctification is not about me. Often during Lent, we are drawn to what I am going to do. We are drawn to think about me, about things I'm going to give up or things I'm going to add. Often in Lent, we hear all, all we hear about is me, 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 me. But this is not the proper approach. Rather, Lent and sanctification is about his work within us to serve the needs of others, to love others. As verse 13 states, then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners will return to you. When we see sanctification as about self-help or about being a better you for the sole benefit of me, we have ceased speaking about sanctification. True sanctification involves giving up self for others, of submitting to God's work to cultivate, to prune, to foster us to bear fruits for the needs of others. When we teach others of his ways, sinners will return and join us in this loving endeavor. Only in serving Jesus and serving others do we find a true joy. As verses 14 and 15 state, opening with his deliverance from our sin and the cleanings and renewing such entails. Deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God, O God of my salvation, and my tongue will sing aloud of your righteousness, O Lord. Open my lips and my mouth will declare your praise. Our praising God is the act of God purifying us, sanctifying us with his word as we sing, as we praise, as we worship. When we praise him in our worship, we are serving him. We are submitting to him. We set our time aside for his worship. We offer ourselves as living sacrifices, as we will pray later, for him to use to his glory to teach the transgressors. On this evening where we join Christians around the world in embarking upon this Lent, let us submit to the areas of our lives that need sanctification. Let us give him the areas through repentance where we need to be cleaned. Maybe we fought tooth and nail for a long time not to be washed in a certain area by God. Use this Lent to give it up, to repent, to receive his pardon, his grace, to go through this washing. Let us commit ourselves again to submit to his work of creating within all of us a new spirit, a new heart, to serve him anew out of love, not compulsion. Let us throughout this Lent never forget our first love in Jesus Christ to commit all of our disciplines that we will undertake with praise, with gratitude, and a willingness to serve others through teaching the love of Christ. The sacrifices of God are a broken heart, a broken and a contrite heart, O oh God, you will not despise. Amen.